I just had this paranoid moment that, like I wasn't recording, but I am. It's fine. It's, well, I mean, that if you hadn't been <laughs> recording, we could we wouldn't have needed to worry about cutting out all the stuff I just said. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 293 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it going? You know what, Adam? What's What, what Jill? This podcast has been around for three years. That is wild. Uh, is like is that what is today like our like three year No, I think last week was, but I will say somebody somebody at a publisher emailed me yesterday asking if about a couple of authors that we might be interested in. And she's like, Here's this one and I looked back, I was like, That name sounds familiar. <laughs> Uh, it was because in the 30s, we had interviewed that person. I was um, like, oh, my God. And it said July of yeah. 2016. Yeah. I was uh, I was working on a um, a presentation um, that I will be giving to some of our colleagues. Um, and I wanted to sort of highlight some of the authors we interviewed in 2018. That has to be impossible. That is impossible. That is impossible. I may need multiple slides, and that's <laughs> not even all of them. We interviewed over 60 people. Oh my god! Wow, we talked to a lot of people. We talked to a lot of people, that's and that's mo- just 2018. That's more than an author a week. That's some premium content. <laughs> Man, I meant to be funny, and I goofed the word premium. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is so many authors. That's wild. I know. Um, and we're coming up on episode 300, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we don't really have anything planned for that, but we have stuff planned for. 2019. We do have stuff planned for 2019. Which is cool. I was actually working on that before we came in recording. Nice. Um, I should say, before we get any further, you have an awesome Christmas sweater on today. Thank you. It is my Doctor Who Christmas sweater. It's really good. And it is a legitimate Christmas sweater. It is not one of those ones that looks like an ugly Christmas sweater, but it's actually a sweatshirt or whatever. It is a sweater. Yeah, it's like the acrylic or whatever. Not acrylic. Polyester. What is like the... I don't know. Yeah, acrylic is, acrylic is nails. That's not... It's quite comfortable, though. But, yes, it has. Um, it's so good. There's a TARDIS in the middle. There's some, some Daleks. There's some Cybermen. There's a Weeping Angel in the very middle. It's really good. If it's you don't really know what good. you're looking at, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week being Christmas week and, like, no one's in our office for a lot of it, that will be the week that I, I pull out. My Grinch sweater and various ugly Christmas. That's no fun. Why do you do it when no one's here? No, well, I mean, there's people here. It's just I always do it like my last week oh. of the office before. Well, I'm kind of in that mode right now. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is weird around. Like we just all of our desks just moved, and we opened up a new half of our office, and it's the end of the year. So it's like trying to be productive, but also getting used to our surroundings and who we're like. It's such an easy time to distract me like if anyone comes up on my desk i'm like hi do you want to talk for 45 minutes about nothing because i don't want to do anything well not only that but that's usually the time of year when i clean my desk but i just like purged Mm. everything because of the move so Mm -hmm. i did that several months ago there's like (laughs) i think we might have told this on the podcast before but uh several months ago i got tunnel vision was cleaning my desk and like cleaning it so much people thought i was quitting or had been fired because i just had cleaned out everything so when we moved did not take me very long which is nice oh yeah i had a coworker come up to me on a day <laughs> you were not here after and she was like so some of us have been wondering yeah is adam like what's going on with adam and luckily you had told me 
that people had mentioned that. And I was like, he just cleaned his desk. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even like I'm going to prove a point and make people wonder about me. It was just I got super tunnel vision. And I was like, I don't need any of this crap. It's clutter. Yep. So but that's none of this is any that that is none of this. (laughs) Actually, hold on. It does. It does. Yeah. So that we're talking about getting our our life in order and cleaning up and and all that stuff. So you want to talk about today's episode? Uh, Sure, I'd love to. So I got to interview Ryder Carroll, who is the inventor of the bullet journal method. Fun fact. Um, And he has a new book out that is um, all about the system. Um, It's called the bullet journal method. And so I got to interview him about how he came up with the bullet journal method Um, We don't really go into details about how it works because that's really not feasible for a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But just sort of how he came up with it. um, It's something I've been practicing the bullet journal method for almost two years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So just sort of talking about various tips and um, layouts and anyway, all sorts of fun stuff we talk about. The really fun thing... Mm -hmm. Is that um, for the interview, I was actually sent a copy of the book, a hard copy of the book, and we decided to do it as a giveaway. Yeah. Not only as a giveaway, we're giving away a copy of the book and we're giving away the same type of um, dot uh, journal that I use yeah, in 2019. This, this is entirely, I'm giving you full credit. When they when we saw the bullet journal thing come through, it was like, well, that's a Jill interview. And then you're like, I'm going to go get a bullet journal and we're going to give it away. So this... All credit goes to you on this one. It's even in a fun blue, like overdrive colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is the same one. And I, I actually told you this. Like I picked it out for the um, the giveaway because it's blue like overdrive. I have the exact same blue for 2019, but I think of it as TARDIS blue. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, <laughs> dual purpose. Yeah. No, that makes so, sense. So um, we're going to be doing the giveaway on Instagram. Um, so... When this comes out, hopefully I will be prepared enough and already have the giveaway up on our Instagram. If not, check back. I was going to say, you have to post it because I don't have the picture. You got to do that part. I know. I know. I may have to talk to Ricky about scheduling something so I can make it easy. Oh, are you not here when this comes out? I'll, I'm I'm working from home. Okay. So I'll be, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. I may just like, this. May, maybe maybe this episode will just come out later than it normally does. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I normally set them pretty, you know, mm-hmm. like, in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping. So, this may be a slightly... You might be listening to this later yeah. than you're used to, so then everything coordinates. Right. But, yes. Long story. Okay. I Go like to that. our Instagram, at ProBookNerds, and you will see the giveaway. It is a copy of The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll and a um, dot grid journal as well that you can use in conjunction with it, you know, for organizing your life in 2019 and all of that fun stuff. Um. Yeah. Also, just in general, follow our Instagram. I take a lot of great pictures, you guys, and I he does. and I enjoy that we're getting new followers. But I want more. <laughs> and Twitter at and Pro, Book and Pro as well. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. So we told people how they can get a hold of us. Uh. We told them about the giveaway. We're not talking about the 2019 stuff yet. So did, did we miss anything? I don't think so. Um. All right. Well, I guess. Cool. Good good way to end this intro, Adam. All right. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hi. 
Hi everyone, this is Jill, and with me today is our guest writer, Carol, creator of the famous bullet journal practice. Since introducing this method of organization, the practice has become a viral global phenomenon, and Ryder has a long-awaited book called The Bullet Journal Method, which is out now. Ryder, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. Thank you so much for having me. So can you start by giving our listeners a brief introduction to your book, The Bullet Journal Method? Sure. So the bullet journal method expands upon what I had shared five years ago. So five years ago, I shared the system of the methodology, but the methodology to me contains two parts, the system and then the practice. So essentially, the practice is more about figuring out what's important to us, whereas the system is much more about productivity. So the book is how do we balance productivity with mindfulness? And I know that you had um, started, you know, the system and methodology of the bullet journal as a means of needing to find your own organizational system um, that worked for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So when I was young, I was diagnosed with ADD, and back then there weren't a lot of tools available to me, so I had to create my own, and I did that very painstakingly, I guess you could say. So over the last two decades, I just tested little ways to overcome the challenges that I faced, specifically in the areas of focus and productivity and being organized and those kind of things. So I would test out all these like different adaptations and, and tools and techniques until I would find something that actually worked and impacted my life on a regular basis. Uh, and over time, you know, there, there were certain things that would prove valuable over and over and over again. And over time, I would reduce the different tools that I used to only that which was most valuable. And eventually, I package that into what is known as the bullet journal method today. And you started sharing these methods with coworkers and, and friends, correct? Yes, one little bit at a time. I mean, the thing is that when I was developing these things, I'd never anticipated that they'd help others, right? They were specifically engineered to help me deal with my weaknesses. So in, in two ways, it never occurred to me that it could help somebody else. But also, quite frankly, you don't really want to volunteer what you're bad at, right? To other right. people. You don't want to be like, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I struggle with this a lot. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You know, like that's not something you never, you necessarily want to advertise. But this one time, and this was, this was well into my professional career at this point, I had a friend and colleague uh, who was planning her wedding. And I walked by her desk and she had like three notebooks and post-it notes and her desk was just like a complete disaster. And she was looking for a note. She, she, she couldn't find it. And I don't know why, but I was like, Hey, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you like, I can show you how I use my notebook. It helps me keep organized. And then, you know, I know where you are right now and I, I've been there and this has helped. And to my surprise and absolute horror, she took me up on the offer. And that was, that was the first time I ever had shared how I organized my mind with somebody else. And, um, it seemed to help a lot. And 
for her specifically. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That was kind of like, that was a realization that I made in that moment alone. Like just that, that was the first time where it became apparent to me that maybe this could help other people, but I didn't really jump on that. It took me years to, to actually share the system. And, and, but that was the first time where I made the leap that others could find this valuable. And then over the years, I shared it with other friends and colleagues who were dealing with, you know, different kinds of organizational or life planning challenges and so forth. And they too found it valuable. And eventually it's like, well, if these people find it valuable, I certainly find it valuable. Maybe I could share it with other people and perhaps somebody else would find it valuable as well. What do you think it is about the system that is so valuable that people really grasp onto it? I think that one of one of the reasons is it's designed to be incredibly flexible and adaptable, right? So if you ask that question to 10 different bullet journalists, you'll probably get 10 different answers. Yeah. And that's, I think, why people are drawn to it, because I just provide a foundation, if we will. It's like an empty house, and it's for you to decide what the rooms will be used for and decorated. So everybody's house is completely different in that regard. And part of the practice, part of bullet journaling is it's 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 a process of self-discovery and then more specifically self-learning. And over time, people start being able to pinpoint what really works for them. For some people, it's, you know, the daily log where you're writing down all your thoughts. For other people, it's longer form journaling. Perhaps it's migration, like all these different pieces have different applications and everybody is drawn to something different. And what's been really exciting for me is to witness what people invent and plug into this framework, right? There, there, there's countless adaptations of the bullet journal at this point and new pieces to the system that people have engineered specifically to tackle one of their challenges. And that's, that's endlessly inspiring to me and then exciting because I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. I never thought about that. Like for example, yesterday, um, somebody showed me their bullet journal where they had designed an entire system to track the moon. Right. Um. And <laughs> that's like an application that would have never, ever occurred to me, but unfortunately we weren't able to speak too long, but I mean, just the way they had systematized this thing, it, it helped them profoundly in their career with what they were working on. I was like, Oh wow. You know, and that happens all the time. So people, I think, in general are drawn to the flexibility, but I think they're also drawn to the, the, the realization that over time they can start solving their own challenges, right? Over time, they're like, okay, this worked, this didn't. And, and understanding and realizing that you have that ability that you, gives you significantly more agency over your life because you're becoming mindful about how you're investing your time and energy. Um, as someone who bullet journals, I would agree with everything that you just said. For me, I know, <laughs> no, I know that I, I love the flexibility of, of being able to, um, you know, you start with this blank page and I can do whatever I want with it. And, um, 
at the same time, finding a system that works for me. Um, I've had the same sort of weekly layout system for, I think, a year now. But I also love knowing that next week I may wake up and decide that doesn't work for me anymore or at that moment in time and I need to do something else and being able to do that and it's still solving whatever problem I'm having or um, need to do. And I think, you know, this idea of what other people are doing is a really wonderful part of the bullet journal community. Um, I know that last year the hashtag uh, bullet journal had over like 2 million entries on it. And it's, you know, you get so many ideas from other people, things that it never would have occurred to me that I could use the bullet journal in that way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really incredible to see what people do with it. Um, but I think one thing that's really care, one thing we have to be very careful of is that a lot of times we start comparing ourselves to what we see, mm-hmm. right? So f- for, for me, like I, I, I work very hard in life to stop comparing my situation to others. And then that's been really helpful. And I think in the bullet journal, there, there, there is a risk of doing that, especially those who aren't familiar with the system. They see these incredibly elaborate and beautiful examples and they're like, I can't do that because I'm not an artist, right? Or I don't have the time for that. Um, or you, or you spend all this time being like, Oh, I, I would like my bullet journal to look that way. And what I would urge people to consider is that like this, for the most part, I think a lot of these examples are the things that actually provide value in those bullet journalists' lives. I'm sure there are a couple that are just designed for Instagram and so forth. Right. But at its core, it's really about figuring out what works just for you. And yep. that's why I love seeing all these examples because you're like, oh, that solves a real need that I have or that like addresses a real need that I have right now. So I, I pull that into my own system, which I have before, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a really clever solution to an actual problem yep. that I experience every day. No, I, yeah, I, I agree that when I started, um, using a bullet journal, I did, you you know, you sort of fall into that kind of Pinterest trap where you're like, that looks so pretty, but I, when I tried, it looks terrible. (laughs) So I, um, and so I had to stop for a while looking at all of the Instagram, um, uh, hashtags because it was, it was making me feel sort of inadequate, which is so silly because, that like what would I do with a really pretty page like that doesn't serve any purpose for me in that way mm-hmm. um so whenever people are asking you know it's that sort of when we get to the end of the year people start inquiring about different um organizational systems or planning systems or anything like that and I always tell people I use a bullet journal and I explain why but I'm like stay away from Instagram for a while like until you feel comfortable <laughs> with whatever you're doing because it will it'll sort of I, it, yeah, it'll make you feel a little inadequate and you think it's not for you. But it's like you said, it's not really about that works for whatever person, but, you know, find what works for you and just go with that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, when people are like, where should I start? I always say start at bulljournal.com because mm-hmm. what I shared is this, the least amount of stuff you need to have a system, right? Yep. At, at the at the core, there is a foundation. Like here are the main components that will keep all of it together, that will keep all of it organized. You know, here is the vessel. You can fill it with whatever you want, you know, and like 
if you just keep a notebook and do whatever you want, you know, that's fine if that works for you. But like, that's not necessarily a bullet journal. A bullet journal has some very base foundations that provides flexibility and structure at the same time. And that's why I think it's really important to start bullet journaling with that foundation, right? Like once you learn the basics, then you can start making choices. Like, right. does this work for me? What would work better? But without that foundation, I think that a lot of people end up disappointed because they they jump in at the deep end, right? They, yeah. they, they see things on Instagram and they're like, what they don't see is the system that's holding it together. Yep. And what they also don't see is the evolution of that bullet journalist. Like, I don't, I don't discourage anybody from illustrating their bullet journal as long as it serves a purpose. Like that was a, that was a mistake I made at the beginning. Like when I first started seeing these really elaborate bullet journals, I was like, well, that kind of, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? The whole idea is to spend as little time getting organized as possible so you can actually do something, mm -hmm. right? Like what to, to pursue what's valuable to you. And, you know, after having like these five years of experience and communicating with the community, it became clear to me that a lot of people started very simple and then they became more elaborate because for them, their goal was to slow down, yep. you know, to be able to have a, a, a space carved out for their creativity. And that's, where that beauty comes from. Like, this is my me time. This is what makes me feel creative and engaged. And I love that. And I, and I think that that's a wonderful way of evolving into the system because they were very intentional with this, right? Um, that's not to say that everybody becomes elaborate, you know, everybody becomes what they need to be, but I feel like starting off where somebody has evolved into can, can, doesn't necessarily set you up for success because you didn't make all those choices and you don't know why you're doing it yet. Right. I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, I, I tell people that, you know, you spoke about the mindfulness aspect, um, earlier. And for me, I find that having that space, um, you know, at usually on a Sunday afternoon or sometime on the weekend where I, carve out that time just for me to kind of spend time on my bullet journal helps my anxiety a lot because it forces me to be very aware in that moment and be mindful and be present in a way that um, no other organizational system or even really anything in my life um, outside of like yoga does. So I, I, and I think that goes back to sort of the flexibility of the bullet journal and, you know, you have these core foundations, but then you know, everyone sort of takes it as they want and does with it what they want or need. Exactly. And figuring out what you need, A, is very unique to the user and very much part of the practice, right? Mm -hmm. And then B, I think it's really important to understand that that will change over time. Yep. You know, I think a lot of solutions out there, it's like, you know, here it is packaged up. This is going to solve all your problems. You know, you'll be happy, et cetera, et cetera. And I've never seen that to be true. I've never found a solution that has weathered time because I change. My needs change. I'm not saying it's not valuable anymore. It's just not valuable currently. Right. I think it's really important to like always come back to yourself and like 
you know, if something doesn't provide value anymore, you just like thank it for its service and then figure out what the next thing is. And that's, that's why Bullet Journal has helped me for so long over all this time because it's changed. Like my 12 year old self and my 38 year old self are not the same person. So, you know, that's reflected in the way that I use my Bullet Journal. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, cause I, I think, bullet the bullet journal is the longest um sort of organizational system i guess that i've stuck with and i think it's because it is so flexible and it is so adaptable and it changes with me versus the prepackaged ones you know where it's very sort of static you know this is what it is and it might work for a while but then it stops and then what do you do whereas with this um it just sort of goes along with me for the ride and I can change it or add things or take things away that aren't doing me um, any good anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing that. And like, that's really what I'm trying to get across with this book as well. Cause the things that I lay out on the website are just the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I try to express in the book is essentially like, it is just the beginning and here are, a, a tool set of like mental models that can help you as time goes by. Essentially, like here are ways to start considering your experience. Here are the ways you can start considering your goals and achieving them in different ways because it will be an ongoing practice. And here are some philosophies and ideas and concepts that might help you as you evolve and as you grow and as your circumstances change. And also, this is why it's really important in my mind to have a ritual and, or get into the habit of introspection. And for me, you know, taking my head, my, my, my thoughts out of my head and putting them on paper mm-hmm. has been one of the most impactful ways of doing that. Seeing your thoughts, you know, for the first time on paper can, can change the context in, by how you operate and what you operate, right? It's one thing to have a thought in your head. It's another one to be like seeing it black and white. Right. Often, one thing that I found really interesting is like when you have this notion or an idea or a thought at the beginning and then there's something to it, you don't know what, maybe it's something that's bothering you, maybe it's something that you're excited about. But in both cases, it's in its infancy, right? It, 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 it can't really express itself yet, Um So when I write it down, like all of a sudden there's a chance where I can like start helping it grow and develop into something. And that takes a little bit of time, you know, like maybe you identify a challenge in your life and you're bullet journaling. You're like, okay, this thing doesn't work maybe inside your notebook or in life. And like, you don't know really why. And you can like piece by piece start figuring out what it is that isn't working. And in so doing, you can also start figuring out what you're going to do about it. Like, what's the next step that you can take? So you start, like, responding to your experience as opposed to reacting to it. Like, this is bad. You know, I'm going to stop this. Or, you know, like, you, you, you take the time you need to actually become significantly more mindful and intentional about how you're going to move forward. Right. 100%. Um, I'm curious cause I know you work in tech and in our, I do too, um, in our technological heavy world, why do you think an analog system like the bullet journal has become so popular? 
there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, first of all, like I, I do want to be very careful about saying that I, I like technology very much. Clearly, <laughs> I've made a career out of doing this. I think that technology is incredibly helpful, you know, nearly miraculous in its ability to help us connect to the world around us. I just think it fails us when it's about connecting to the world within and not in a really woo sense, right? Like yep. if we spend so much time email, you know, in our feeds, we're just constantly inundated by so much information that like life becomes completely overwhelming, you know, because you, the more time you spend outside, the less time you spend inside. And when you're, when you open your notebook, that stops instantly, right? You're not connected. You're now just focusing some time into whatever it is that, that matters to you, right? It's the first time that you can really unplug. For me, like, journaling is my way to protect myself from this influx of information. It's, it, it gives me an opportunity to really clarify what like the rush of our busy life tends to obscure like all too often. I think that's why people have so many, so many new challenges that are much more elevated than they used to be. I mean, everybody has like massive anxiety at this point. And I think like that anxiety is because like all these things are happening and you don't really know how you feel about it. Right. And if you don't know how you feel about things, you become anxious. Is this a great thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing? And I feel like a lot of anxiety comes from a, a vacuum of self-awareness, right? Like mm-hmm. when you get in the habit of starting to realize how things really affect you by writing them down, it's like this happened. This is how I felt about it, you know, or this is a challenge. Here are the questions that I have. You know, like really training yourself to think critically about your own experience. And that's, to me, like a big part of mindfulness. How do I feel? Why do I feel this way? What am I going to do about it? What's the next thing? And like doing that in an undistracted space. And I feel like that's what has helped me as a digital native, you know, um, as a digital native, having this notebook gives me the distance that I need to like re-engage. It's not about digital or analog. You know, they're all just tools and a tool needs to be judged by how effective it is in accomplishing the thing that you want to accomplish. So in some cases, like I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling sad about something like spending my free time on Instagram or watching Netflix or something is not going to help me work through that. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, to me, that's another distraction. It's just a more comforting distraction. Like for me, the analog space is a place where I can actually take the time and sit down and think. And I feel like that's an opportunity we get less and less. It's a good answer. Um, so at the end of all of our interviews, we do something we call the nerd nine, which are nine sort of lighthearted questions. Don't put too much thought into them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what was the last, what was the last book you finished reading? The Perfume. Book that made you fall in love with reading? Bird by Bird. Oh, that's a good answer. Um, (laughs) what is your, uh, favorite place to read? In bed. What is one place you would like to travel to that you haven't been to yet? Japan. Favorite holiday? Halloween. 
Cats or dogs? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Neither. Oh, what do you drink then? Just like water? I like sparkling water. Okay. I don't know. I was raised in Europe. Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. Okay. Um, favorite food? I'd say Indian or pizza. And who is one person, dead or alive, that you would like to have dinner with? Marcus Aurelius. Oh, also a good answer. Um, finally, what would you like readers to take away from reading your book, The Bullet Journal Method? I think I have two answers for that, if that's all right. That is perfectly um, okay. <laughs> the book is written to mimic the way that the bullet journal is created. So it's modular. You know, if you're not familiar with the bullet journal system, a good way to think about the system part is that it's like a Lego set for each piece serves a very specific purpose. And I tried to write the book in the same way. So for me, it's not about everybody adopting everything that I talk about. It's for people to find something that could add value to their life. So for me, they, like, I don't, it's become very clear to me that I don't know what other people's challenges are. So like what I try to do is present a bunch of different tools that people can have for a whole host of different challenges. So if they take one thing away, then, then I feel like that's their selection. And I think that that's really important to realize. It's not about all or nothing. I think we underestimate the power of something. And if I can provide something of value, then that's the goal. As a general whole, I would say the thing I would love people to walk away with is to understand that they really have the ability to solve their own challenges and have more agency over their life, but only if they put in the work. Like a lot of times in this space, I feel like there's a lot of promises, which I don't think are incorrect or necessarily misleading, but I think one thing that's underplayed is the work that is required the work that you have to put in, you know, and a lot of this introspection can be hard and painful and time consuming and all these things, but I think it's very worth it. I, I guess the way you could describe it is, you know, we're, we're biological beings and, and, and a simple way of understanding change is like, you know, if you walk into the gym weak, you don't walk out strong, right? Okay. We live in a world where things are sold to us like instantaneously. We live in an on-demand society with crime and, you know, you name it. And I feel like trying to improve your situation takes time. And I feel like if we take that time, I think it's incredibly important to take that time to figure out what matters to you. And it is work, but it's, it's, it's work that really matters. And I, I've seen it improve people's lives over time, like one day at a time, one small little step at a time. That's great. Ryder, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... 
The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.